welcome to the latest Welsh Connection show. Today, I'm talking to Nia Fisher. Hello, Mike. Hi, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's such a treat. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Well, we've sort of grabbed you to appear on the show because you've got a new single out. We've just heard another track, but you've got a brand new single out. But before we talk about that, I mean, I'm really fascinated. How did you get into show business in the first place? What started you off? Oh my gosh, I got in, well... Apart from songwriting, when I was younger, dance was my other main love. I used to love songwriting so much, but I wasn't particularly confident as a child. Didn't particularly enjoy school, so dance was my kind of escape. And then when I was 16, I managed to persuade my mum and dad that I didn't need to do A-levels. Not condoning that, but... uh, And I went off to performing arts college for three years to study dancing, singing, acting, and then spent 20 years working in the business about six years on ships and about 14 years in the West End so I didn't really it was there wasn't really anything else for me it was just that was the only thing I ever used to think about it had to be something creative for me something expressive dancing's hard isn't it it's really hard yeah when I finally I mean never say never but when I finally decided that I needed something that felt more authentically me and something that I could contribute artistically too as opposed to doing what other people asked me to do when I finally made that choice to step away from the stage I was in my early 40s and I was doing exactly the same stuff as people that were 20 years younger than me so it was getting harder and harder to kind of push yourself and recover from injuries and but I'll always love it I'll always love it so when you were dancing what kind of things were you doing good grief anything they asked me to do so I've been an oompa loompa I've been a nun (laughs) I've um I've done all sorts. The wonderful thing about the art that is dance is that it there's no end to what you can be asked to do stylistically. Or I love the discipline of that. I love the discipline of maybe doing something that challenges you that you haven't had to do before. And you just work and you work and you work until you kind of perfect it, so to speak. I mean, hats off to anybody who can do that. I have trouble walking. Never mind mm-hmm. coordinating my feet and arms to do things. It, I you know, total respect you. And what about the West End? <laughs> you sort of nonchalantly mentioned that oh, I, I did so many years in the West End. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Mike, it was hard. When I left, I think things have changed now a little bit. But when I left college back in the 1800s, no, in 1993, they didn't really back then prepare you for what happened when you left. So I left. I couldn't get an agent. I couldn't get seen for anything. So that's how I ended up going on cruise ships for six years and that's where I really kind of honed all my skills but it was on those ships where I was purely a dancer I didn't get to sing at all and I missed singing so much and that was the final push that I needed to try and get into the West End I didn't really have the confidence to do it I didn't know whether I could but then I tried and I did and every time I got another job I thought they're going to rumble me in a minute and someone's going to go oh you out you go but they never did and I just kept I just kept working it was incredible but I never took it for granted. Every time I got a job, I would cry because I, I couldn't believe it had happened. There are so many people going for so few jobs. So I just, how did I get into it? I just kept trying. I just, yeah, that's the only answer I can give, really. And the more you build up a good reputation for being hardworking, being a good team player, that's just as important, I think, as talent, the reputation you have for getting on with people and how you apply yourself. And I had, dare I say, a good reputation. So, Yeah. 14 years of doing that, it was incredible. Listen as the wind blows From across the great divide Voices trapped in you 
and you've been to some great shows. I mean, even I, you know, an ignoramus like me, recognise the names of the shows you've been in. Mamma Mia, for a start. Yes, I did that for, my gosh, my history with that spans a long time because I still work there, but now I work in the wardrobe department. So I was in the show for five years back in the early 2000s. I was in the second film. I work in the wardrobe now. So it's it's kind of a family there that I've always been part of for 20 years, actually. What was your favourite show? Give me some examples of your favourite shows that you were in. Oh, it's a tough one, but you you know how, I don't know what you think about this, Mike, but I always feel like people, job, they come into your life at exactly the right time when you need them. And when I was in a show at the Palladium called Sister Act, which was based on the film Sister Act, I was going through an incredibly difficult time personally and that show you literally got to pray on stage every night if you wanted to if that's your kind of thing and it 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 saved me the music from that show by Alan Menken is remarkable it's because it's all original music it's none of the music from the film so getting to work with original material as well it's all very soul and disco influenced and it was just it was a spiritual experience every night and it came along at just the perfect time for me it really did so yeah, I think Sister Act for me. I loved being a nun. That's the closest I'm going to get. Don't, <laughs> don't tell anybody. You don't strike me as, as very nun-like, you know, with, with all What's respect. What's that supposed to mean? Well, you don't, you don't look like a typical nun. Not that I've, not that I've got much experience in nuns. You, know, I, you are down there in that hole. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a, there is a saying that throw the shovel away, isn't it? It's probably safer. Now, a little bird tells me that while all this was going on, you, in fact, had started writing songs. Because you wrote your first song when you were nine, didn't you? I did, yeah. I'm not saying it was any good, but I do remember, write, I do remember writing it clear as day. Does that always be something that's important to you? Very, very. I was, I was quite a sort of um, introverted child in lots of ways. I, was, I, I felt things very deeply and um, didn't necessarily know how to express that. And writing, whether it was lyrics or poetry or music, I just loved it. It was a very important outlet for me. I remember I used to balance a tape recorder on top of the piano to try and record what I was writing. But the piano that we had was downstairs in the house where everybody would pass by or pass through. And I didn't really like other people listening to me while I was trying to create. So, but yeah, it's always, always been part of my life. That and watching my older brother play the piano, that's how I learned. I never had any lessons. I just used to copy what he would do and then eventually find my own chords and my own way of writing. My other brother used to play the guitar and sing. And I learned harmonies through singing the Beach Boys with him. And so we'd have Pink Floyd in one room, Beach Boys and Elvis in the other. And I just kind of, I'm the youngest of the three, so I just kind of soaked it all up. But writing was very important to me.
transition from performing in musical theatre and dance to writing and recording your own songs? Because it's a huge step, isn't it? It is a huge step. It's a good question, but it didn't happen quite that swiftly. The the break from musical theatre, the pivotal point for that came for me when I found out in 2010 that I was infertile. I found out I was going through an early menopause. And some people will be able to relate to this, some people won't. But what happens is the kind of the bottom falls out of your world and you you're not quite sure who you are anymore because it, it, fertility is something I think that lots of us just take for granted. You just assume that it's something you're going to be able to do or children are going to be something you'll be able to have, you know. And that definitely started the period of sort of self-reflection and wondering without sounding too deep, but it's true, wondering why am I here then? If that's not one of the reasons why I'm here, What am I doing here and how can I, if I can't do that, which I attributed to being so much part of who I am, if I can't fulfill that, what can I do that feels authentically me, you know? And I didn't necessarily know that songwriting was going to be the way that was going to go, but then 2020 happened and that was a shift for me. That was a shift, you know, I I live on my own. I had a lot of time. Our mutual, very dear friend, Steve Balsamo, was... I was chatting to him. He was listening to the stuff I was writing. And the more I started writing over that year, I couldn't stop. I started looking at the world differently. Everything started to become a song to me. I can't describe it, Mike. It was like I unlocked something and then I just couldn't stop writing and I haven't stopped since, you know. So it was always in me, but it took that very strange, surreal time during the pandemic for it to really come to the surface, you know. And it felt, as soon as it happened, it felt, it felt right. I was like, okay, it might have taken me a few years to get here, but life's all about timing. And now, now's the right time. So you mentioned the diagnosis there. I, I've read what you've written with the Daisy Network. Mm. And it's powerful stuff. Mm. Did that help you, you? Did that did that help you deal with the diagnosis? I think by the time I'd written for anybody who doesn't know, the Daisy Network is the UK's only registered charity that is completely dedicated to information and support for what they call premature ovarian insufficiency or early menopause. By the time I'd written that piece for them, I'd already come to peace and acceptance with it, but it took a good few years. First four years from diagnosis were pretty much survival. Then I started grieving four years in, And then another six years on from there or five years on from there, then I got to the place where having been through the grief, then I got to the place where I could write about it and really truthfully say, I'm accepting of this. And you can come out the other side of that kind of darkness that lots of people find themselves in. I'm not I'm not a unique case as far as that's concerned. I felt like I was at the time. It feels very isolating, but I didn't realize until I started looking around that how I felt was how lots of women feel who go through it. Did you find the whole process of writing that cathartic? Yes, very, very. And the interesting thing is, bringing it back to songwriting, the the title track of my first EP, which is called Glorious Life, I improvised that track on the piano and then I just wrote how it made me feel. And it wasn't until months later I listened to it one day and thought, oh, my gosh, I've just distilled 
my experience through that whole time in one song, but I didn't intentionally do that. I didn't realize that's what I'd done. So I love how the healing power of, of music and writing can come to you in subconscious ways that you don't always, always realize, you know. But, but that, that's the beauty. It's the joy of music, isn't it? You know, it, it, is. it can be cathartic. It can mean something to somebody and something completely different to somebody else, but so powerful. Yeah. And there is no right or wrong as to what it makes you feel. It's just very personal to the listener, isn't it?
how do you approach songwriting? You said you, you improvise on the piano. Generally, mm. how do songs come to you? Oh, gosh. Way back when, when I was younger, I always used to start with lyrics. But now it can either start with lyrics, it might start with a certain chord that makes me feel a certain way. More often than not, I'm finding that if I'm feeling a certain way, if I'm feeling fearful, if I'm feeling the track that I wrote, again, if it's off the 30 people, New Year. I wrote that at New Year because I was sitting there thinking, why does everybody say New Year, New You? I don't want to be anybody other than who I am. I just want to be able to get rid of all the accumulative rubbish that I might have gathered over the past year and I want to let it go. So I had that very visceral feeling at New Year's and then I turned it into a song. So sometimes it starts with a feeling. Sometimes I will improvise the music and then piece it all together. Sometimes I'll write, there's a track I think you're going to play very kindly for me at the end called Pilgrim, which started as a poem for a friend of mine who we sadly lost back in 2018 from motor neuron disease. He was only 48 at the time. And he'd walked the uh, Camino de Santiago, the pilgrimage that goes from France to Spain. And I wrote a poem about him. And then a few weeks later, I thought, I think I'm going to turn that poem into a song. And I literally just tweaked a couple of words and then started singing and, and figured, actually, I don't think I need to play the piano. And then it just became an a cappella track. So that started life as a poem. So sometimes it will start with a beat or a loop on garage band or there's no no rhyme or reason which I love because it means I'm completely free I'm not inhibited by thinking I've got to come up with a lyric or I've got to come up with this or I've got to come up with that it's just very free for me well the new single lost you new which is out on July the 7th is Mm -hmm. fantastic how did that one start life oh thank you Mike I'm so glad you like it this is crazy talking to you about it you're the first person that I've ever spoken to um about my music so it's a real honor But um, how did that one start? Gosh, it was during lockdown. I came home one day. I was thinking about I was thinking about love and the walls that we build around us and the kind of love or the kind of relationship that the one person that will manage to break them down and filter through all your rubbish. I think there's a line in there called you're a scavenger with angels wings. They scavenge through the muck and they find your your essence and your truth, you know, and that's what Lost in You is about. But when it comes to the chorus, that's not the usual kind of chorus that I would write. But I'd started listening to Coldplay, which I love them, but I don't really listen to them. And I remember listening to them in the car thinking they have a lot of whoa, 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 whoa's in their songs. And then the next thing I know, not intentionally, I'm putting a whoa, whoa in my chorus. So thank, thank you, Chris Martin. <laughs> hey, you can't, you can't beat a good whoa, whoa. Let's, let's take a listen. My circuits tripping on your love This force it moves in me A lifeline that pulls your sea into this cold City 
Tim Hamill, I believe. Oh gosh, yes. I can't. I can't say enough about how much I adore that man. Yes, he's he's so good at what he does. And right from the word go, when I walked in there, the first song I ever recorded with him was "Lost in You," and um, he just instinctively seemed to understand not only my music but me, because the two are inextricably linked. And I think to be a really good producer, you've got to know people as well as know music. And he just it just clicked and he just got me. And I love his space. It's a it's a sanctuary. It's a it's a beautiful place to be. He's a beautiful man. I love the fact that I'm not saying that I know as much as he does because I absolutely don't. But we have a common we have something in common as far as we both write instinctively or create instinctively. So sometimes he'll say to me because I always take him a guide vocal and the piano. And he'll put the piano into his computer and then build around it. And he'll say to me, oh, I love that chord. What's that chord? I don't know, Tim. I just write what's I just write what sounds nice to me. I have no idea what that chord is. And then he'll create a string arrangement. And he doesn't know what the chords are. He writes from instinct, too. So I love that about the both of us, that we just we go with what we feel as opposed to what maybe is correct in inverted commas. Well, between you, you've, you've created a little bit of magic. What's the plan with the EP when the single's out on July the 7th? What's, what's the plan? Are we, are we talking about a little tour? Are we, are we going to do a bit of promotion? I'm not sure. I would love to be able to sing these songs live one day, Mike, but I don't know how soon that will happen because a lot of them are quite cinematic and quite big, which isn't to say you couldn't do them with just a piano, but I love... I love what they've become through working with Tim and I would like to keep them quite big. So I don't know what that would look like. Obviously, most things nowadays come down to funding. I funded all my music myself to date. I took a second job, got up at 5 a.m. to plant and harvest lilies (laughs) to pay for the second DP. I'm hoping that the first DP will be out later this year, but it all depends on money, not going to lie. So, but at least, at least people know if they enjoy Lost in You, or they enjoy the other tracks they hear today, at least they know that I've got nearly three EPs worth of music to put out there. So there's more to come. There's more to come.
One one thing that sort of popped into my head when you were talking then about how hard it is at the moment to to realise a return on creativity, particularly music, with things like streaming and Spotify and all that. Mm. Why do we do it? Because we have to. We can't not do it, you know. The wonderful thing for me is I never wrote these songs with the idea of releasing them. I wrote them because I couldn't stop writing. And it was Steve who said to me, you've got an EP or an album here. And as soon as somebody kind of voices what you feel inside yourself, but you've never said it out loud, I thought, actually, I do. And actually, I'd really like to record them. But I didn't write them for that purpose. I've written them for myself. I've written them because they had to come out, you know. So anything beyond this point, it's always been for me. It's never been for any other purpose. It would be lovely to be able to to make some money or to see one of them used in a TV series or something. That would be amazing. But that's not my main reason for doing it. I just do it because it's been waiting 49 years to come out. And now it has. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about my age because I think that would be doing a disservice to everybody out there who feels like it's too late for them or they can't do something. It's never too late. Hey, you're looking great on it, believe me. I, I think, oh, thank you. I think that anybody who releases music that they've written themselves is incredibly brave because it's not just a song, is it? It's a part of you. You're opening up. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. They are like, I can, I can probably play this card easier than most people, but they are my babies, literally. This is, this is what I've created and this is what I'm going to give all my love to and then set it free. And beyond that point, I'm not in control of what other people might think or other, what other people might feel, but that's okay. I, I believe in what I've created and I, I love it. I love listening to them. I love what Tim has managed to help me achieve. I'm in love with all of my songs. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> I tread these ancient stones Pull the weight of who I've been My past I overthrow Stepping into all I see Silent ghosts for company Those who've known the way before This can mean no calling out to me Tearing layers from my wounded core Oh, path of truth, guide me home. 